Welcome to Home of the Brave. I'm Scott Carrier. The morning after the election, I woke up in my sleeping bag next to my car on the high plains of eastern Wyoming. I was on my way to Standing Rock, North Dakota, for a story about the protest. Out there on the grass ocean, nobody around. It didn't seem to matter that Trump had won. The blue sky did not care. I looked at my dog. My dog looked at me. My dog did not care. I decided I would try not to care, at least not until I had some coffee. I drove into Lusk, Wyoming, and saw that the used clothing slash antique store was open early. I thought they might have a mason jar, a canning jar, which I needed for the ounce of marijuana I'd bought legally the night before in Fort Collins, Colorado. Something to hide the odor if I was to be pulled over, etc., etc. I went into the store, and almost before I got in the door, the woman behind the counter, 50-something with big hair and sleepy mascara, yelled at me, Praise the Lord! Now we can get our country back! So, I said, you're religious. I'm born again in the blood of our Savior Jesus Christ, she said. Do you by chance know when he's coming back? I asked. He's here now, she said. Been on the planet since 2008. Right, I said. I knew that. I was just testing you. Do you have any mason jars? She did not, so I went across the street to the cafe for breakfast. And as soon as I walked in the door there, four older men in a booth started laughing. And it seemed like they were laughing at me or at my expense. Hey, here's a liberal, loser. And I thought, okay, this is how it's going to be now. And the coffee's probably going to suck. If you look at a map of the United States showing who voted for Clinton and who voted for Trump, the Clinton people are all in the cities and the Trump people are all in the country. The Intermountain West is a sea of red with a few tiny blue bubbles. Denver, Salt Lake, Las Vegas, Flagstaff, Missoula, Bozeman, Boise. Everything else, probably over 95% of the land area, is Trump country. We're surrounded on all sides, 500 to 1,000 miles in every direction. We are the liberal intellectual elite who have looked down on country people, on Trump people, as ignorant hicks. And now they want revenge. So today, I'm going to play some interviews with Trump supporters that I did leading up to the election. Because I think it's a good idea to listen to them. We hear a lot from Trump, too much, and so little from the people who actually voted for him. We didn't think there were that many of them. We didn't understand how mad they were. We ignored them, and they won. You may not want to listen to these people. You might be offended, outraged. You don't have to listen if you don't want, but I think it's important to listen to them in order to understand what just happened, what's happening now in America. The first interview comes from a story I did soon after Trump announced his candidacy back in the summer of 2015. I was driving around Nevada looking for Trump supporters and found this woman gathering firewood with her family out in the middle of the state. I'm just going to hold the mic here because the wind's blowing a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's so. okay. Right, okay, I understand here. that. All right, okay, good. So, could you tell me your name? My name is Lorraine Butts. 
And you're from... Uh, Elko. Elko. Uh, actually, Spring Creek. Spring Creek, south of Elko, Nevada. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so what do you think of Donald Trump? I like him. I think he's flamboyant. What I would like to know about Trump is how he plans on bringing the Congress together and getting the Congress to work to work together to get us out of this mess we're in and 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 with him. Sure, he's a businessman and he has to be really good at negotiating and getting contracts and he knows how to do that. But can he do the same thing with our Congress and our Senate to bring us together? Well, you said he, you liked his negotiating skills, but he's rather rude. Yes, sometimes. he is. But I don't think that works negotiating to be rude and to insult people. Uh, but see, that's the question that I have. Okay. Right. You know, is, is, is the rudeness TV showmanship huh. or is this the way he acts in a, board, in a boardroom? He wouldn't be successful if he was that rude. Yes. In the boardrooms. Correct. He's always been brash when you see him on TV. Yeah. You know, he's always been brash. But I have learned in my many years that a lot of times brash people who come across rather arrogant, okay, tend to be extremely bright, know what they're thinking, and they're thinking so fast that our my small mind can't always keep up with their fast-paced mind and it comes across as arrogance because you're not able to keep up with it huh. right so what is it that donald trump is proposing that you like his positions some or... of it i like some of them i'd like to know how he really wants to enforce immigration uh i would like to see the 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 laws on immigration enforced. I, I realize that dealing with all the illegals that are in our country is going to be extremely difficult. And we lived with it when we were stationed in San Diego for 10 years. Oh. You know, so, you know, I with know... With the military? It, yes, oh. with the military. My husband's retired Navy. Navy. So I understand a, a lot of what it's like coming across the border, what, what it's like coming across the border. At night... Can I say this? Sure. It's pretty. Ter- it's terrible, but at night when the sun goes down, it's like cockroaches invading. But they're people crossing, coming over the hills, and then, you know, and they would come up through the where we lived, and and you would see their trash and their garbage and everything else, and the dirty diapers in the bushes. You know, you you, you have a. A, a different look when you're actually living down there with it than than people who are very sanitized and uppity in, in their highbrow neighborhoods. And, and yes, but their gardeners all speak Spanish and they pay them, you know, whatever they choose to pay them. Right. And they don't see some of the other things. In March of 2016, I went to a Trump rally in South Bend, Indiana mainly to talk to people who were standing in line, waiting to get in. The rally was scheduled to begin at 5 p.m. in a convention center downtown. At 10 a.m., there was already a line forming out on the street. I've been, I was the second person here at 7.30 this morning. So it's, we're at the convention center, Century Center uh, parking lot, just across from the building. And there's a yellow tape cordoned off area. We don't really know what, what it is. We asked them, they won't tell us. And who's this guy singing? He's going to start singing. He's a gentleman from upstate New York, he said. He said this is his 28th rally. Uh, he travels around the rallies singing. 
uh, for the Trump rallies. Uh, good, good entertainment, I mean, for sure, you know. I brought a stack of newspapers with me today, and I just, but as the excitement builds up around here, everybody's talking, it's just hard to read and not be part of the energy, you know, that's going on. Hey, what's your name? I'm Jimmy Lee out of Granger, Indiana. Is Granger close to here? Yes, it's about maybe five miles from here. What? How come you came here today? I'm a I'm a trumpet. They call me a trumpet, trumpeteer, whatever they want to call me. I, I I'm a trumpkin or whatever. I, I, hey, I, I'm proud to be. I'm proud to be whatever they want to call me. But I I, I support Trump. Man. What, what what happened in your life that made you a Trump person? Can you tell me about your your story or your life? Well, you know, I grew up, you know, with a single mom. My dad was never really around with us. You know, my mom worked three jobs, went to nursing school, became an RN. You know, gave us kids everything we didn't have as we got, you know, we got older. And it's just like nothing really changed for women over the years. Nothing really changed for anybody. And my mom, she's working so hard and she can barely draw her benefits. But we have so many people here that are here illegally drawing our benefits, drawing government assistance. And we just need to put some control on, you know, put, a, put some control on some stuff and really shake up the White House a little bit. Get well, things straightened out. So, you know, the way Obama's got everything set up, the Obamacare has messed up everybody's insurance. Uh, we were told we can keep our doctors. We couldn't. You know, my mom's the same way. It's just life's become tough for her. She's retired now. and it's just. But what personally really drew me out here this morning is the message that Trump gives off, and that's that we're going to change America. We're going How? to. What do you want to change? About? Tax reform. Uh, secu- you know, definitely want some security. You know, ISIS is now saying they're going to come up through the southern border. Now, immigration is not really my stance, but you know we're we're facing we're facing a different kind of uh, war out here now. You know, with Islam terror, stuff like that. And you know, Trump is, I think, for the working people. You know, he knows what it takes to build up. He's an entrepreneur, and you know, and America is based on opportunity. You know, and I'm kind of more interested in talking to people about their lives. What's happening in their lives that make them choose the candidate? I can't get a job making more than eight dollars an hour. I, I, you know, it's it's crazy. You know, and I got small businesses leaving. I've been laid off three or four jobs over the past five years because they can't afford to keep me because small business is not working. You know, I work for small companies, construction companies. I mean, I lift 140 pound panels, packing drywall all day, and I get paid, you know, 8.50 an hour. But and it's jobs are I'm having trouble hanging on to them because small businesses can't keep people like me working. You know, they're pulling out and going working for bigger companies, big corporations. Uh, that are coming from out of state, you know, to work on a, a project that's local. It's just, we're getting pushed out, you know, and I have a house payment. I, I own a home. I, it, it's just, it gets harder and harder. I mean, there's not a lot of jobs anymore. And, you know, you used to be able, when I was, I'm 34 now, when I was 18, I could go anywhere and get a job at a factory. Now, there's no factory jobs. You look around South Bend, it's empty buildings here. There you go. That's a big sound. What's that? Got a big sound coming out of that speaker. Hey, that's a battery operator right there. I plug it in at night. I got that's uh that comes from um, Guitar Center. What's your name? My name's Craig Moss. I'm from Owego, New York. Owego. Owego. O W E G O. I grew up in Appalachian. So, are you a part of the Trump campaign? No, no, I. Uh, I've been dormant for a couple of years. Uh, I lost my son to heroin in January 6, 2014. And I uh, came home and found him in his bed, and I just kind of 
lost a lot of drive, lost all my drive. And a friend of mine that I had met uh, recently was on his way to Iowa and invited me to come out there and get out of the couch, get off, get out of the house and do something with myself. And uh, so I did. I flew out there. That was uh, in January. Went uh, five rallies out there. I spoke with Mr. Trump in Urbandale, Iowa, about the heroin epidemic. He had just come from New Hampshire, so he was um, very much aware of the problems that we have in this country about the, with the heroin. But um, I've been going ever since. When I speak with those folks, the kids in the colleges, and uh, and everywhere, right? uh, I get to talk about my son. His name was Rob J. R. Moss. I get to talk about. Uh, uh, trying to maybe uh, keep some of these kids from trying that stuff out, because once you try it, you're hooked on it, I guess. And um, What was your son like? My son was a very good man. He uh, He's the kind of person that would go across the street, shovel uh, Mrs. Myers' driveway, and ask for absolutely no money whatsoever. And uh, at the end of the year, she's sending out over an apple pie for her appreciation. She didn't have a lot of money. Um, my son was a very polite man. Um, he was a saved individual, but he did not he he did not hold his faith firmly in front of him. He was surrounded by people who uh, the Satan uh, uh, constantly was drawing him in the directions that, uh, that ultimately took his life. Yeah, uh, but um, well, you know, there's no other there's no other uh, 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 you know there's there's warfare's going on, spiritual warfare's going on each and every day, and and uh, tugging on one person. And if you don't hold your faith firmly in front of you. You allow Satan to get into your life and just and, and just take over, and he did not. He his door was open. He uh, he had friends that were uh, that were on the dark side. I didn't. What can I say? I talked to him. He was 24 years old when he passed. Um, but um, it's a tough it's a tough gig. Um, so this is this gets me out. I get to talk with the people. I do have one song uh, that I that I that I wrote about him, and uh, I guess I'll do that now. Let this next song was written for my son, Rob J.R. Moss, who died of a heroin overdose January 6th, 2014. He was old and I lived for everything I if you want to understand Trump people, you need to feel where they're coming from more than try to make sense of what they're saying. Like the apple pie Mrs. Meyer sent over after Rob the heroin addict shoveled her driveway. That apple pie used to belong to America, but then the Mexicans stole it. My point is, you need to suspend your disbelief. Just because they made it up doesn't mean it isn't true for them. If you want to understand Trump supporters, you need to stop trying to make sense and start figuring out how we're going to get the apple pie back from the Mexicans. My husband is a vet. We need to put the vets first. We need to keep our jobs here. We need to support our vets, our people that are here. If people want to be here legally, that's fine. We're supporting people that are illegal. We're taking care of foreigners that are illegal. We need to hold people accountable. That's what we need to do. All right. I understand that. Now, but I'm wondering, can you make that personal, you know, like specific personal? I was rear-ended by an illegal alien. When they went to go hunt her down and hold her accountable, she was nowhere founded. Another incident, we have, we have 
an American person in Elkhart, Indiana. Her ID is stole by three illegal aliens. To feed a family of seven. Right there. Right there. So it is a problem. That's hard. That's a struggle. Do it legally. Do it legally. It's 15 years, lady. Do it legally. How are you? How is he gonna wait? They kill you in Mexico if you don't if you don't leave when they say. If you do it legally. You were fortunate enough to be here. You were fortunate enough to raise here. You are privileged. You are privileged. I don't give a fuck. I give you five bucks to shut up. I can be here. That's a job, right? I don't need your money. Then shut the fuck up. Do it legally. What a beautiful crowd tonight. I'm looking at a room full of thousands and thousands of patriots who are ready to take back their country. It's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. Now, in just a few minutes, you're going to hear from the man who's going to save the United States of America. Now, this is a serious race about serious issues. You may have seen recently that Donald Trump held a rally with the victims of illegal immigrant crime. Now you talk about the people left behind in this country. Is there anything worse? Is there any greater indictment that you can make of our political establishment that day after day and week after week it allows our mothers to lose their children to an open border? What kind of political establishment allows its own children to be slaughtered in the streets because we won't enforce our immigration laws? But you know what Donald Trump is gonna do? He's gonna build that wall. He's gonna build it tall, he's gonna build it high, he's gonna build it strong. He's gonna deliver justice for every mom who's ever lost her kid to illegal immigration. And you know who else is going to deliver justice? You're going to deliver justice with your votes. And so I'll ask you one more time. Will Indiana vote for Donald J. Trump? Then God bless you, God bless this state, and God bless the United States. Thank you. That man's name is Stephen Miller. and He was Trump's speechwriter on that campaign. He'd come out and warm up the crowd, rouse the rabble, in this deeply disturbing way. It felt like Nazi Germany before the war. Now Stephen Miller is Trump's senior White House advisor. And he's writing Trump's inaugural address. Anyway, in late July, the Republican convention was in Cleveland, Ohio, right on the heels of a series of what appeared to be racially motivated shootings. Everybody was afraid all hell would break loose. Yeah, uh, so my name's Sean Whitty. I'm a Marine Corps combat veteran from Southern California. I'm here in uh, Cleveland, uh, Ohio for the Republican National Convention. Uh, the reason uh, we drove 2,600 miles to get here today is because there's been a lot of talk about taking this uh, uh, nomination from Trump. And frankly, uh, with the most votes in Republican history in this country, it would be a travesty to watch the vote of the American people usurped by, by an organization who's merely looking out for their own, their own personal interests. Um, you mean the Republican? Republican Party, yes. In the end, 
people are going to say Trump's a biggest, tr uh, a bigot, Trump's a racist, Trump's a this, Trump's a that. You know what? In the end, I, I can I can stand here and and uh, give point uh, by point analysis of why he's not these things. But in the end, I would rather take an angry, loud mouth bigot over a woman who is going to destroy America. What are you afraid of, basically, the I'm, bottom line? I'm afraid, I'm afraid of, of a, totalitarian, a totalitarian takeover. I'm afraid of, of our government turning America, Mexico, Canada into the next European Union, the North American Union. And I'm not okay with that. I, like, I love my country. Why, what are you afraid would happen if that happened? The American people are going to be exploited and cheated and, and, and ripped off by, 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 by our government. The same people who've been doing it to us over and over again for right. years and years. Did you feel like this before you went to Iraq? No. See, I went to Iraq because supposedly, according to our government, Saddam had something to do with 9-11 and had weapons of mass destruction. And after going over there, and pardon me for saying this, after going there and doing some fucked up things that Hallmark doesn't make a card saying, I'm sorry for jacking up your country, you know, we, we can't take what we did back. And we can't apologize for it. We can make 100 YouTube videos saying we're sorry, but it doesn't mean dick. A lot of and, civilians were killed. Right. And in the end, in the end, it had nothing to do with any of those things. It was because Saddam wanted to stop using the U.S. dollar as a world reserve currency for oil. And then, and then you know, you, you look at uh, uh, Syria, uh, Libya, uh, and these countries, what, what happened? They wanted to stop using the U.S. dollar for oil and start using a gold-backed dinar. And what do we do? We pay a bunch of terrorists to go over there and jack their shit up because our government is going to lose money. That's what it's all about. This government only cares about the almighty dollar. And you're pissed. I am damn well pissed, yes. I feel like me as a woman, I feel like this is a man's world from the beginning of the time of the first president, George Washington. It's been a man's world for a long time, and I feel that if a woman get in, it, it seems like it makes United States look weak. I feel like a man have his place, like our Heavenly Father, and I feel like a woman have her place. A man always go to his woman between, behind closed doors to ask for her opinion, and she molds him to be the best man that he can be. From a point of what do you think of Donald Trump then? You think he's a strong man? I, I feel like he's a strong man, but he's aggressive. He's aggressive. I feel like he could bring good things to United States, but right now he's dividing us. Yeah. I feel like that. Like I said, I just felt like it was is a man's world. That's that's what I see is a man's world, and I feel like a man should run, run the world. Right, so, could you tell me your name? Latina Mitchell. So, where are you from? Yorkville, Illinois. Illinois. And you're a delegate? No, no, we were the delegate for George Bush's convention. Uh, and New York. So, I have a friend who wants me to ask Trump supporters about him lying. He hasn't told a lie. Everything he says is true. Sometimes he misspeaks, but it's the truth. And if you listen to him, he'll tell you what he thinks. Like what he said was, we should not accept any Muslim immigrants from Syria until we can vet them. Until we can vet them. And Hillary says, we don't have to vet them. Bring in 50,000. And that's stupidity from Hillary's part, and that's smart from Donald's part. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's not a lie. That's, and that's what he because said. Because what it does is it promotes the idea of us and them. Well, like, it is us and them. Believe me. Who are them? Well, uh, you don't want to say this out loud because it makes our president mad, but it's the terrorists who are extreme Islamic terrorists. But how do you know who they are? How can you tell what someone's well, thinking in their head? <laughs> how do you find the terrorists? That's true. So if you can't pick the terrorists from the legitimate Muslim, then you don't let any of them in. I mean, you can't just bring people in like we're doing now. It's stupidity on the part of Barack Hussein Obama, who's trying to get his friends over here. Once we get the wall up, the one that they're going to build for us... That's a myth. Don't you think it's a myth, like a fairy tale story, okay, the wall? Let me ask like you. Like in J.R. Tolkien or something? What do you mean when you say a wall? All you got to do is enforce the border. You know, so there's ways. There's ways. Uh, there's these little things you can put inside the guns, and if you pull the trigger, they won't come across again. You mean a bullet? You kill them. If, if they're coming in illegally, so yeah. So people are crossing the border, you shoot them? If they're crossing illegally. Huh. Huh. And if, you, if they know that they're going to get shot if they cross illegally, uh, there are going to be fewer of them coming. A lot fewer huh. of them coming. We cannot afford to be so politically correct anymore. In this race for the White House, I am the law and order candidate. I am your voice. And we will make America great again. God bless you and good night. I love you. You've been listening to some interviews with Trump supporters I did before the election last November. I'm not saying all Trump supporters are like this. These were the most emotional interviews I had, and the reason I play them now is because I think these emotions are ultimately what fueled Trump's success. Donald Trump is a manifestation of our fear and anger. He's a monster we created. And I think fighting him with more fear and anger will only make him grow stronger. Keep we quiet. I'm hunting rabbits. I don't know what's going to happen, and I don't really know what I'm going to do right now, but I am going to try not to speak and act out of fear and anger. Wabbitwikes because that will only make things worse. Kill the wabbit, kill the wabbit, kill the wabbit. Kill the wabbit? It's going to be hard because I am afraid, I am angry. I just got to try not to act on it. Oh, mighty warrior of great fighting stock. 
Might I inquire to ask him? What's up, Doc? I'm going to kill the wabbit. I'd like to thank everybody who's listening and everybody who's donated to keep this show on the air. I know sometimes it's not the easiest thing to listen to, and I very much appreciate your support. If you want to, check out our website, homebrave.com. There are some good photos there of Trump supporters and also some buttons to push if you'd like to donate, subscribe, or buy a T-shirt or a tote bag. Thank you very much for listening. I'll be back in a couple of weeks with a new story. Bye. That was the Wabbit. <laughs>